Owen, before we talk to you about <laughs> World Cup, I just want to tell you, Kate Brennan Harding's going to be looking back at the year in entertainment and uh, she devises her list of the celebrities who've had a good year and those who didn't. And the second part of the programme, novelist, laureate and Ireland's best living writer. Something really? Well, that's what he's been calling many places and I'd go Did you write that, that himself? No, I did. Um, Colin Tobin it is. Uh, he's going to be here talking about the album that inspired him, the album that he loves. You're going to say, what's the album? I'm not telling you. I know what it you is. Have to, you'll have to wait until I know what it is. Do you know? I could tell you. Five, okay. one, five, five, two. Today is the day that many of us look forward to with a romantic sense of anticipation for four long years. In fact, it's four and a half now at this stage because it was true, the summer true, of 2018. True. Colin Tobin should have written that. Actually, yeah. In fact, funny thing about t- 2018, can I tell you something about this? I was just on there. <laughs> funny fact about 2018. <laughs> no, fun, funny fact, I was just on there. Well, I have you. Uh, uh, on Radio 1 talking about the Fab 50 uh, with the English. <gasps> and uh, you know, we're, we're doing I a, fact, a Fabulous 50 thing coming up. Anyway, the point about it is, I was saying I was in the White House there. And do you know how, do you know how I know when I was? What was it, 2018? It was 2018 because Barron, Donald Trump's youngest son That's right. had done what many people today I presume are doing as well which is they're getting so involved if you're 11 or 12 or 13 or 14 years of age in the World Cup you've gone World Cup mad and out in the Rose Lawn or whatever he had two goalposts and That's right he was the window. football yep. crazy he's football yep. mad there you are. Anyway um, basically depths of winter World Cup final taking place 3 o'clock this afternoon Woo. so what's happening here is that Owen Sweeney's going to take a look back at a few finals of the past notable locations all and rarely for the football it has to be said so anyway uh, we'll just get through a few them you go off you go where are you starting well I'm going to go through eight and a half if I can eight and a half I've seen it it's very good Fellini uh, Fellini-esque <laughs> yeah, right. yeah? yeah how calcio was that we're very well that we, let's get the half out of the way first 1950 Dave 1950 Jeremy yeah. used to know all these as a kid who won where and when mm. Uruguay's second title Uruguay that's right they won the first one ever. they won the first in 1930 they won, yeah. it in ni- and they won it again in 1950 the first after World War II uh, it was in Rio and the final of course took place in the Maracanã but it wasn't actually a final because weirdly for whatever reason FIFA not known to mess about with the structure of their competitions and the, this their biggest cash cow had changed it to a, a secondary group stage and uh, basically luckily it ended up the final match being between Uruguay in Brazil, the only two teams that could technically win it and finish. And there was top like the a million people. At there was a gazillion. There was one hundred and seventy-three thousand eight hundred and fifty in the Maracanã, and like twenty fourteen, Dave, not twenty eighteen, but like twenty fourteen, the Brazilians at home were disappointed. They never win a World Cup at home, but that's noticeable because it was a World Cup final that wasn't a World Cup final. If you like, that's the half out of the way. Let's skip on to the miracle right. of Bern, Dave. Let's go to Switzerland in nineteen fifty-four. What happened there? Do you know the way we always talk about? Big Jack and Jackie's Army and Italian 90. I do. Kickstarting. You do, yeah. Well, that's true. <laughs> I could just stop there. But kickstarting the Celtic Tiger, words I don't like saying, but you know, economic recovery, etc., etc. 1954, the most fancy team in the world who hadn't been beaten in something like three years or 30 matches or something insane, it's written here and somewhere in front of me, were the Hungarians, the mighty oh, Magyars. Ferenc, Buskas and all those. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Kostic and people like that. Um, they had beaten England, I think, for the first time. England were ever beaten in England, wasn't that it or something? mad or by a, by a, by a non-team from these islands because I think we might have we put them right. to the sword before that but um, yeah so anyway Hungary much like the Dutch in 1974 the Hungarians in 1954 were very much fancied uh, the final took place in Bern in Switzerland and uh, West Germany won that final led by Fritz Walter who was a part-time um, semi-professional soccer player uh, captain of Kaiserslautern captain of West Germany but he was also <laughs> a, a banker and ran a laundrette <laughs> Which I bet you didn't well, know. What am I playing here? I've got well, you're going to play the night. Okay, you're going to get 30 seconds of 1954 commentary because, as I say, oh, commentary, this, is, right. this was based, and it's Auf Deutsch, so bear that in mind. Okay, right. This is the this is the miracle of Bern. This is basically West Germany announcing itself or being allowed re-enter the pantheon of okay. nations, etc. Et technique. This is. Oh, 
Linksschuss von Rahn. Schäfer hat die Flanke da innen geschlagen. Schäfer hat sich gegen Bocic durchgesetzt. 3 zu 2 für Deutschland. Fünf Minuten vor dem Spielende. Aus, 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 aus. Das Spiel ist aus. Deutschland ist Weltmeister. Schlägt Ungarn mit 3 zu 2 Toren im Finale in Bern. The days when football was football. It was 1974 when your man Havilland took over and then it became the mess that it is now. Okay, this is good. Somebody's been watching Netflix. Okay, okay this 1954. Is that's West Germany. 3, Hungary 2. What was the name of the stadium? It was, <laughs> it was in the, I'm going to say the Wankdorf Stadium. It's oh, W-A-N-K. That's right. Okay. Well, well pointed Very out, good. Dave. <laughs> but actually, as as, um, as one of the players, look, this has been lionized in, in West Germany. German history. This is obviously we know why they were persona non grata, but that was their re-entry and the economic miracle followed and blah blah so less blah. Less than ten years since the end of the Second World exactly War. Exactly yeah. right. Okay. In fact, Herberger, who was the manager, was manager before the Second World War. Was he? Interesting. Okay. okay. okay let's skip on to another final featuring West Germany. Can you guess which one this is? Sixty-six. Uh, yeah, exactly oh, right. Uh, this is London, England. When they were robbed. If there was VAR, that wouldn't have been a goal. This is exactly it. This is notable. This World Cup in total, and certainly the final. And one of the reasons why we hear about it a lot is because obviously the time it took place it was in colour it was broadcast live via satellite for the first time ever floodlights etc drug testing Wembley Stadium actually wait a second I said VAR it's actually not it was, it'd be goal line technology which is different isn't it that is actually true yes yeah. there would be a little chip in the ball which yeah. would prove that the Jeff Hurst shot yeah. for the third English goal his second of the subsequent hat-trick did not cross the line but yeah. the Russian linesman gave it famously Peter Jackson's crew who did Lord of the Rings but also did They Shall Not Grow Old remember they colourised yeah, yeah. um, the World War One footage they did something similar it was broadcast on Channel 4 during lockdown and what was the conclusion replay 66 which I think it, it didn't cross the line right. basically which right. we all know in mm. fact one of the English newspapers at the time was a couple of years back launched a nationwide campaign to try and find I have it here I think there's four of them um, um, four Boy Scouts sitting on the edge of the pitch with an unrivaled, Dave, an unrivaled view, view. of the action. And, you know, they would be in their early 70s today yeah. judging by their, their yeah. woggles and toggles and scarves yeah. and whatnot. Anyway, I don't think they ever turned up or well, certainly don't right. know if they could conclusively um, stand up in court and say the ball hadn't crossed the line. But of course, what is well known, you heard that German commentary, that's well known and much, much parodied and much, much, much quoted yeah. in German uh, popular culture. In England, of course, it's Kenneth Walton. Yeah, they think it's all over. Exactly. Yeah. And that was on? Uh, BBC uh, the, the BBC the correct te the television but it was also <laughs> it was also on ITV and do you know what your man on ITV said no oh well you're about to hear it now oh really oh great okay so this so is this, this, is, so this is, is not Kenneth Wilson no this is not good. so this is the other okay. side as they used to call it in the old days but this is the final goal this is the one ah. that made it 4-2 this, they, the there are people count? on there there are people on the pitch that think it's all over it is now is what the BBC okay, said and this is the ITV, ITV version okay. and the Germans throwing every man into the England box now trying to find just this one more goal that will force a replay. Bobby Moore, the referee, looking at his watch. Referee looking at his watch. Seconds ticking away as Martin Peters goes for. Uh, Jeff Hurst goes for. He might make it three. He has! He has! And that's it! That's it! What a sight! What an incredible sight! Yeah, just... 
more straightforward though, more, right, yeah. but also yeah. he said Martin Peters runs forward and he went no Jeff Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Hurst <laughs> so, for his hat trick yeah. but isn't it yeah. funny that one commentator is completely remembered the other is is isn't not, yeah. not for any yeah. editorial okay. reasons but it's a good we're, name we're for looking at show. World Cup finals go ahead where we skip on ahead we'll, stay, we'll take West Germany God I didn't realise I have three West German World Cup finals in a row well that's probably because Germany have played in eight finals in total Dave did you know that? I didn't but they've I, won four yeah. lost four um, West Germany two the Netherlands won. Yeah. This is kind of a, a follow-on from 1954. That is in Germany in 74. This yeah. is 1974 yeah. and again, and probably because it was filmed in such glorious colour and as all these World Cups are subsequent you know, to 1966, we tend to have these these, these lovely romantic uh, literal pictures as well as kind of, you know, of, of, of the long-haired Dutch playing total football and Cruyff yeah. swerve and all that sort of stuff. A match they only drew nil all that swerve, by the way. Um as opposed to, say, the 1954 team. So they, this Dutch team is often held up as being the greatest team never to have won and the yeah. Germans are the ultimate party poopers. But what happened? You, there, there's a lot that was going on here. Joe Avalanche, who you mentioned there, uh, reckoned that Brazil were dumped out of 1966 and 1974 because the Brits and the Germans wanted to kind of keep it amongst themselves and, and you know, make peace and the Germans... And, well, you see, the South Americans reckoned that the English World Cup was fixed and Joe Avalanche, who, as you say, became head of FIFA FIFA, who yeah. was head of the Brazilian Football Association, yeah. alleged that basically the German linesman and the English linesman in both competitions conspired to have Brazil dumped out. Otherwise, Brazil would have won six in a row or something. Okay, so what have I got from 1974? Well, 1974, before we get into that, just before, the night before the World Cup, there were the final, there was a story that um, a, a Bild, the legendary German yeah. tabloid newspaper, bribed security guards at the hotel where the Dutch players were staying and sent in a number of what were only known in the 1970s as scantily clad models to hop into the pool and have a party with the Dutch footballers. Subsequent pictures appeared and the Dutch lads, apparently the story goes, were on the phone home all night long, placating or trying to placate. Oh they're very gosh. annoyed other halves so apparently that led to their defeat but the matches you will remember kicked off they scored a penalty in the first minute minute, minute and change 90 seconds um, the Germans hadn't touched the ball by the time Cruyff was taken down in the box they went 1-0 up and then passed the ball around themselves to humiliate the Germans because well the Second World War, Dave. To humiliate the Germans to win the match. <laughs> to win the well, no, Hopefully. Is, yeah, but then Germany won 2 1. Yeah. But I'll just play a little bit of commentary here from, from I think it is the BBC, um, which kind of sets the scene and Alf Ramsey giving his thoughts on what the West Germans had to do to win the match. So, Johann Cruyff, Franz Beckenbauer, two players that they're valuing at over a million pounds. Toss up to find out which way they're going to kick in this, the supreme moment. For Helmut Schoen this afternoon, his 101st international. And Sir Alf Ramsey sitting alongside me. I'm wondering what thoughts might be going through Helmut Schoen's mind at this moment, remembering the thoughts that went through your mind back in 1966 at Wembley. In the first place, I think he's more than delighted to be here. He's uh, satisfied all of his critics. The important thing is to have got to, to the final. And now it's up to the players to, to, to win. Indeed, it is, Sir Alf. Um, that's yeah. Johan Cruyff, Franz Breckenbauer, so Mbappe Mba- and Messi. Yeah. Mbappe and Messi is yeah. right. Yeah. Wim van Hannigan left the pitch in tears because he said before the match, I don't like Germans. I don't give a damn as long as we humiliated them. They murdered my father, sister, and two brothers. Wow. I am yeah. full of angst. I hate them. Yeah. He has since become more conciliatory. And his son, by the way, is in the DJ producer duo W and W. Really? 
There you go. Know that. Okay. Very quickly, 1978. Well, um, 78 was like the, the the baddest politics as as in today. Yes, 100%. This is kind of Amnesty International-led protests against the 1978 World Cup saying yes to football, no to torture. Uh, there was, of course, an, a coup in Argentina two years before the 1978 yeah. World Cup took place. A lot of people said it shouldn't have happened. With, the, with their medals and really it was a bit embarrassing for football, yeah? Absolutely. And, and of course... Um, well, they're the ones. It was, it was the military hunter that benefited the most from this, they say, because yeah. obviously Argentina winning, and there may have been bribes, there may have been money changing hands. Famously, they needed to beat, um, because again, second round was group stages, blah, blah, blah. Brazil were ahead of Argentina for favor, for, for progressing to the final, but Argentina needed a four goal victory over Peru. They won 6 0. The Peruvian goalkeeper happened to be born in Argentina. Ricky Villa, who played for Spurs, Spurs yeah. exactly, yeah. said there is no doubt that we were used politically about the 1978 World Cup. So it's all very, very tarnished. The final was a was quite a good occasion. But what I want to play here is a little clip. Because you remember, you forget how noisy these grounds were because the sound balance wasn't quite the same. Whatever yeah. about the colour pictures and the satellite and it's all marvellous technology. And uh, the commentators coming down the phone line and you can just you can basically hear people yelling the words Argentina in the background. It's hilarious. Kempes is facing the ball. La Rosa takes the free kick for Tarantini. Bertoni. Kempes. He's got the acceleration. He's got the shot. The noise is absolutely deafening. And the ticker indeed. tape on the ground, yeah. remember? Yeah. I was always all, fascinated with the child. All the time, yeah. yeah you just, couldn't see any green pitch at all. 1974. And the long sleeves of the players. 1978 that was there. 78. So now we're going to 1982. Okay, this is all about redemption. We were talking about this yourself and myself the other day. I think we were talking about the hero of 1982. Um, he had been locked up, let's face it. He well, was in Russell. jail for two years for, uh, well, it was quite a large kind yeah, of match. he kind of celebrated for the first two. Then he, 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 he gets a hat-trick, doesn't he? Another, was that against England? I can't remember. Was that against England, was he? And then he goes mad when he gets the hat-trick. This is, uh, it, it, it's a phenomenal story. He he had actually played in the 1978 World Cup, scored three goals. He played in the 1992 World Cup against the journalist wishes. He had just been out of jail. He shouldn't have been there. He was jailed for three years. The sta- the sentence was shortened to two. This is the one of the only kind of ultimate stories of redemption. He gets <laughs> called up. He kind of, Italy were rubbish in the first group. Do you remember they drew all their games? They only went through, I think, on goals scored in the end and put Cameroon out. Um, they were just going nowhere and then they beat Argentina 2 when they lumbered past you know a young Maradona's team and all that sort of stuff and then they faced Brazil they were going to get hammered Dave you remember this well and what happened it was against Brazil and he got a hat-trick he got a hat-trick they won 3-2 against one of the greatest Brazilian teams you'll ever see with Zico and Socrates and all these players they played Poland in the second in the semi-final what happened he scored twice they won 2-0 they played West Germany in the final West Germany Ah, again you're on a roll you're on a roll this was in Spain it was was in Spain versus West Germany in the final Santiago Santiago Bernabeu which is for Real Madrid play and uh, a little bit of uh, BBC pre-match commentary here for you setting the scene but Rossi scored the first goal of a 3-1 win and it was just the ultimate story of redemption but we'll start with uh, Bobby Charlton here in the studio now Bobby as a striker yourself enjoying seeing strikers play we've got Rumadiga back after injury and so important to West Germany and we've got Rossi back after suspension he's had prison problems over bribery but back scoring goals they both jointly these goal scorers at five goals each and both could have a major influence yeah, well, they will have a major influence simply because of that, that they're tremendous strikers. Now, Carlo Rossi, uh, this Paolo Rossi, rather, uh, when they started the competition early on in uh, Gijon, was, was struggling. 
badly and um, needed someone just to light the spark and his goals against Brazil really were, were what it was all about and yeah they are the two major influences and the winner tonight will probably be on the winning side I was quite sure of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right there, Bobby. That's insightful. <laughs> yeah, the winners tonight will probably be on I, the winning side. Uh, not... Italy 3, West Germany 1 was the final score for 82, yeah. That was one of the most romantic right. stories yeah. ever. Yeah. Paolo Rossi shouldn't have been there. He passed away a few years ago at the age of 62. Right. But uh, 20 goals for Italy, nine of them scored in World Cup finals. Will we skip on to 98? Yeah, why not? This is one of the most... Co- this one I remember. I like, remember this. Do you remember? Bizarrely, I saw this at midday in Los Angeles on a, on a, on a telly. Uh, yeah, it was your man got two goals in it in Zidane and your man oh god I think it was name with the ponytail who got the third one at the end make it Emmanuel three. Petit Petit that's right yeah. uh, but who was playing and then wasn't playing and then was playing again was there sickness in the belly there was, see I'm still not sure I watched a great documentary on Ronaldo very the recently. original Ronaldo the original Ronaldo um, who is, is present in, in Qatar you see him on the big screen every now and then in the celebrity box where they wheel out the old players Um 75,000 people watched this it was in Paris uh, France were kind of much hyped um, Brazil were there much hyped as well Ronaldo was having it was player of the year do you know second time round yeah, he was no, only 21 is, or something yeah, was, yeah this is not the Ronaldo this is not Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo this yeah. is Brazil Ronaldo apologies yeah. anyway Ronaldo was the world went round it looks round, like he's been eating a few pies when you see him in the audience the, the last world weeks. went round immediately before the World Cup final in, in the 12th of July 1998 that Ronaldo wasn't playing the biggest player in the world the man Nike had staked a fortune yeah. on the big ad at the time German was like a minute and a half long was them kicking around the footballs in the airport and the kids and kind of you know and it culminates with Ronaldo trying to score a goal in the baggage a phenomenal production they put 80 million into this which is kind of well it'll make sense in a second Ronaldo wasn't on the team sheet then suddenly Ronaldo was on the team sheet Brazil turned up Ronaldo was a shadow of himself almost literally and they uh, they were hammered off the field by a rejuvenated France and um, Zidane taking his moment of glory but there were three main theories Ronaldo was hiding a secret medical condition Dave he had a convulsions before the match started there's no clip for this and uh, he had convulsions beforehand which is true he basically had a seizure they reckon and so he says in this recent documentary. But at the time, everyone was going, oh, he's hiding a secret medical condition and it came out and, and, and uh, there was some mystery illness and perhaps they treated him for one thing and he hadn't told them and uh, for insurance reasons, etc., etc. Because they wanted to pin the blame on someone yeah, right. in Brazil. Who are they going to pin the blame on? Ronaldo or a doctor. The other one was Brazilian play- Brazil's player- players were, were uh, bribed. Right. Uh, or Ricardo Tichera to lose to lose the match why? why? because they would get to host a future World Cup and perhaps in the next World Cup 2002 in South Korea and Japan they would get a very favourable draw four years later Dave what happened? well I'll tell you what happened in, 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 in four years after that again Zinedine Zidane the hero of, of, of 1998 who scored two goals from a corner if I remember rightly I know I am I know I'm skipping ahead and he scored two goals from headers from corners and that and they were well ahead and doing great and then he disgraced himself in 19- in 2006 anyway go on so uh, 2002 the funny one about that is England didn't get in and Ireland did I always remember that 2002 yeah is that not right now no we were there that, sorry Ireland got in and England didn't that was 94 oh was it yeah oh, right. no Yes. Was that not 2002? Were in 2002? They were. 51552. 2002. The, the point is, in 2002, right, Brazil won the World Cup, so Ronaldo had his moment of redemption there for himself. But they also got a group that included China, Costa Rica, and Turkey. 
Really? Now, in fairness, Turkey ended up getting the semi-finals later yeah. on. Anyway, and Brazil got to host the World Cup five years after that. But the big t- conspiracy theory was Nike forced Ronaldo to play. Remember that at the time? There was all these stories that even that night, the next day... What did Ronaldo say about this? Himself? Well, Ronaldo said he just... Because himself and Roberto Carlos were interviewed in this documentary. They were rooming together at the time. He was kind of shaving his head in the mirror. You know what I mean? He used to shave his head and stuff and he had that weird haircut then kind of at the front uh, for, for the next World Cup, which they won. But he, he remembers falling onto the floor and Roberto Carlos finding him. Uh, Edmundo, one of the players, was meant to come in and fish his, his tongue out. It was meant to stop him from choking. But you know, it's still inconclusive. They had an inquiry in the Brazilian parliament to find out what happened and they still couldn't find out and whether or not Nike... The jury's out in that one is what I'm saying. I'm not saying they did, but I'm certainly not okay, saying they did. Okay, that's 1998. Yes. So where do you go to 2002 next? No, 2006, because you've already set it up nicely. Oh, I see. And we're going to go to the Olympiastadion in what was West Germany. And uh, who else but Zizou? What I mean, one, like, of the, one of the coolest footballers of all time. I mean, like, How do you feel about this day? Because I remember watching this and my jaw you know, it reminds, hit the floor. It, it reminds me of Will Smith at, at, the, uh, at the Oscars. Oh, no. It's this like, is, this is, no there was nothing was cool think? about Will Smith. <laughs> you think this is cool? I Hold think on. this is cool. This is it in French. Right, this okay. is Zidane throwing the head on Matarazzi's chest. I mean, I hate. Seriously. His Hold chest. On. Here. Oh, Zinedine, oh, Zinedine, pas ça, pas du tout avec pas ça, Zinedine, pas ça, Zinedine, oh non, oh non, pas ça, pas aujourd'hui, pas maintenant, pas après tout ce que tu as fait, aïe, 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 aïe. Mais, non mais ça se fait pas, ça peut pas se faire ça en peut pas se faire. Il va sortir un carton, il va sortir un et c'est carton rouge, oh non, et voilà ce que je redoutais, c'est épouvantable. C'est pas possible. Mais il n'y a même pas lieu de contestation. Mais non, on ne peut pas contester. On peut pas contester. Même s'il s'est passé des choses avant, Zinedine ne doit pas répondre. Ne doit pas mettre ce coup de tête. It absolutely now there may have been drink taken and went extra time. They obviously lost in penalties. He scored a great Penenka penalty in this right. uh, this final, which came up off the crossbar. Italy, some of their players were being investigated for various things they shouldn't have done. Of course, Juventus got relegated later. That's all I'm saying. Zidane won the golden ball for the best player of the tournament, which he was by a country mile. Um, I just think the man. I don't know. I know he played for Real Madrid. And I know I have deep, deep, passionate love for Barcelona, but. Um, he was just so cool walking off though it's just there's something so poetic about. I don't know it's just so ridiculous like it, it was worth it well <laughs> you know I wish an ugly death to you and all your family that's not me speaking to you Dave but that is apparently what an <laughs> yeah. Italian lip reader told the BBC that Marco Materazzi said uh, to him right. apart from telling him where to go in no uncertain terms right. there was also terrorist all- yeah, allegations bizarre. and all those things yeah. but I don't know Zidane just he wears it well that's all I'm going to say right. Italy won on penalties isn't they it? they did yeah they yeah. scraped past them Right. there's okay. no justice give us another one then very last one um, for the eight and a half. This is final eight and a half, 2010. Uh, Spain, or Barcelona, let's face it, everyone who scored was a Barcelona player, um, beat the Netherlands 1-0 after extra time, one of the great World Cup final goals, Andres Iniesta. Uh, but this World yeah. Cup, like a lot of them, have had an English referee. Howard Webb is a policeman from Yorkshire, and uh, he, he said in an interview before the match that he knew how to kind of keep order and stuff. This World Cup had never seen as many yellow cards. as this No World Cup final, 14, Dave, 14 yellow cards. Cards. Nine to the Dutch, five to the Spanish. A lot of the Spanish ones are kind of in the end protesting, etc., etc. But uh, just a little montage here of whistle happy referees. Just gets well, who does not think too much about it. Here's Chabby. One course was making sure. Now Veer, mostly watch. Robert, who certainly can. I think it was a bit lucky. Uh, Iniesta. Bommel. And by Busquets. Uh, here's. Uh, 
Foster and De Ville, who goes over the out. And goes Van Persie. Goal, he's kept it in here. And he's straight to Elia. Came to Yol. Torres. Is that just giving out cards all the time? That was just, yeah. Heising, yeah. it got set up. But no, do you know, do you, do you know the red card? There was only 14 yellow cards. Two of them were transmuted, or whatever the verb is, into Heising's red card. But do you remember um, uh, De Jong, Nigel De Jong? Yeah. Karate chopped, let's call it that, into the chest of um, Chabi Alonso. So you were well up for that too, yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, I do vaguely, yeah. yeah I think he was yeah. playing for Liverpool at the time. Alonso, but yeah. yeah. But do you remember that? that? That was a yellow card. Like He literally jumped at him. So you should have said, in other he should have got jail. Is that, is he should have got jail. Okay, so what's going to happen this afternoon? Uh, I don't even want to anticipate, but I do hope one team wins. Yeah, it's going to be about 7 or 8 o'clock over there. I wish it was 7 or 8 o'clock over here. Yes, yeah, so, so do wrong I. wrong that it's Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock for us. <laughs> I mean, I know I, I'd love it to be on at night. Yes. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. But the two best teams in the tournament are there. Indeed, absolutely. Okay, well, for the second hour of the programme, we'll be talking to Colin Tobin about his favourite album, and then at three o'clock, it's the World Cup, isn't that it? That's exactly it. Enjoy it, folks. KBH after this. Dave Fanning on 2FM.